I will die on the Utah Jazz Hill this year. How about that? Okay, all right, perfect. That's what we want to hear. You either, you, like y'all tell me, you either going all in, and you're not going. I'm going in at all. all in. You feel so me? So you got the Utah Jazz in in in, in, in the Western in the Conference Western... Finals. Yeah. How about Chris Stradamus? Stop playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, back from my birthday trip to Antigua. I am tan, I am relaxed, and I am ready to go. And I got my fellas with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? Happy belated Martin Luther King Day. Facts. Happy happy belated birthday to you, Ashley. Right. Hold on, you got to tell us how Antigua was. You how feel was me? it? How I was it? I can't afford vibes. them type of trips. What was going on? <laughs> Lethal, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> what was going on? Real quick, Antigua is a beautiful island. If you ever have the opportunity to go, please go and check it out. Obviously, all precautions were taken into consideration, vaccination, COVID tests, all that stuff. So everyone was safe. Um, I went with a small group, but it was so relaxing. The island is so hospitable. The people are so hospitable. Most Caribbean islands are. I've never been to a bad island in the Caribbean. But yeah, crystal clear blue water, white sand beaches. Just It's a very relaxing place. If you're looking to go to like turn up like Cancun, it's not for you. But if you're looking to go for a couple of days and just decompress and get away from life and the craziness and just be one with yourself and your group, definitely please go and check it out for a few days. It's very, very relaxing. Sounds like a new you. Yeah. How was the food? I know you was busting some good food down. The food was good. I mean, it's see if you're a seafood person, snapper, you know, conch, oh my God. Uh, mahi mahi, oh you know what island vibes are like. Yeah, I know you know. Pack, so. pack me in your bag next time you go. I'm trying to pull up. All right, I got you. We'll, <laughs> do a, we'll do a wrap party in Antigua Hell and we'll go yeah. ahead and invoice uh, uninterrupted when we're done. Sounds good to me. <laughs> But listen, guys, first and foremost, we want to thank you for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets because we're too cool for all of that. We're on Insta and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right. So the theme of this week's show is something that I feel like Christian is going to excel in because mm-hmm. the theme is investing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we're not we're not investing Bitcoin and, and, and Dogecoin and all that stuff. What you know we're about inve- Dogecoin, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> I, know I, lost, I know I lost a lot of money because oh, of Elon Musk. Oh, That's what oh, I know. But oh. it's a different conversation. Oh, I'm they so took sorry. your money. <laughs> We are going to invest in belief. Who do you really believe in? Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is? So we're going to go ahead and hit the jock market and buy or sell team stock in this week's three on five. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right, so topic number one, we are going to head down to the dirty, dirty south in Memphis, where the Grizzlies have been making me look really, oh, really Jesus good. Christ. I tried to tell y'all one good that prediction. they would be a... T- Don't try it, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tried to tell y'all they would be a top four seed. Now, look, there's a lot of basketball left to play, but right now they are currently positioned as the third seed. And they don't just look like a playoff team, but they are starting to creep into contender territory. All right. Like it or not, these boys look like the real deal. So credit your girl. Right here, because <laughs> oh, brother. I'm go ahead and call myself Astrodamus. If you don't know, that is a famous what? psychic. <laughs> Are we really <laughs> doing this on, right now? Listen, I have been on the Grizzlies wave since December, but Christian, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. There's still room on this bandwagon if you want to go ahead and hop on, <laughs> right? The Grizzlies Jeez. stock is as high as it's ever been. Are you selling high on their stock, expecting a dip? Or are you buying and expecting the Grizz to continue to rise mm. and grind? First mm. things first, I'm selling on the name Astrodamus. That's gone. <laughs> wow. I think you've, had, you've, had, a fun day, run. you've had a great run, Ash, yeah. but I think your reign is coming to an end very soon. Second of all, you know, with any investment, you got to make your next decisions wise, right? You could sell some and you could keep some for the long haul, right? So I think for me, I'm selling a third of whatever Grizzly stock I had. I'll admit I didn't have much. I didn't believe that they were going to be this good. Um, But I think the reality is when you start looking at the rest of the West, I believe the Lakers are going to get better as time goes on. I believe the Clippers are going to get better as they get healthier. You know what I'm saying? I believe that's true for a lot of teams. I think the Grizzlies are going to struggle against some of these more experienced teams, uh, especially when you get into the playoffs. So I'm high on them as a team in the next three to five years that we might see in an NBA Finals uh, appearance. But right now, this year, I think they've got enough hurdles. I think, in my opinion, I think they overperformed their their expectations, my expectations at least. And, And I'd sell here knowing that you've had a great run but all things are going to go through Steph all things are going to go through LeBron you got to go through that Phoenix Suns team and I don't I just don't see how they're going to be able to do all that anyway (laughs) Letho are you buying or selling what the Grizzlies got going on um And you got to yeah. buy or sell. You can't just ride the wave and wait for the market to dip again. Uh, Don't I, play it. I, I have to agree with Chris. Like, they, mm. they're, a really, they're a really good team. Um, I believe in those guys. But right now, um, I feel like in the next two years, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I have them being in, 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 the, in the Western Finals. Like, they're, they're, they're great. They're good. They're still developing. But right now, like Chris is saying, they got to go through – some some heavy hitters that have a lot of experience. Not saying that Memphis doesn't have that grit, that toughness, the everything that we love. But right now, and I think the West is kind of loaded. And and right now, and a lot of these teams are starting to um, to get it together. You know, they're they're, they're figuring out. And Memphis, um, they've been great. But right now, I, I I would I would sell high. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and stick on the Grizzlies Express because I am buying all of what they're selling. Look, this is not a team that you know, has been up and down. They've been pretty consistent. And I think for me, the true testament of this team was when John Morant was out. Sure. This team could have crumbled and we've seen it time and time again. It wouldn't be the first time that a team loses their star player, their leader, and they completely go on this massive losing streak. That did not happen in Memphis. They continued to win. I think that's a testament of a team that's solid. I think that's a testament of a team that has good chemistry with or without one piece in it. I think that's 
a testament to a team that's hungry, that's determined. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on Memphis because it's not, you know, a town market that really gets a lot of eyes, you know, it's a small town market. But I think if anything has shown us in these past few years of basketball is there's a lot of talent and it it just doesn't lie in the big markets anymore. And I think that this Grizzlies team has really figured out their formula. Now, are they going to be perfect? No, they're still young. You saw that winning streak ended a couple of games ago. But I think that the great thing about this team is the bounce back is quick. I think the great thing about this team is the chemistry on the court. You can constantly see it. It's constantly there. You can feel that energy. They're a tight knit group. I mean, Steve Adams lifted somebody up Yo, that to was get hilarious. him away that from his insane. point guard. Like a newborn Aquaman, baby yeah, lifted chill. that man off the floor and said, get away from my PG. He's got work to do. And yes, you know, after the All-Star break, we're going to start to see some teams switch it up a little bit. And teams that were really, really high may fall a little bit. And teams that were really, really low may climb up a little bit. But I think that the Grizzlies are going to be a team that's going to remain consistent after that break. And I'm sticking with what I said, top four seed in the West when it's all said and done. You know, to your point, I think we're kind of seeing sort of the changing of the guard, especially in the Western Conference, where you've got teams like the Warriors and you've got teams like the Lakers uh, who are are kind of revered because they have this veteran group of star power. But then you've got a team like the Grizzlies who are coming there and trying to take what they've got, you know? And I think the Grizzlies are a team that kind of embody that exact crossroads where the league is at right now. You've got those those guys that we think are going to be able to add to their legacy and win it all. But then you've got guys like Ja who's like, nah, I don't care about all that. I want to eat chip food and I want to add that to my food too. So I can't wait to see what they do this season. I just think that this year might not be their year to go maybe to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. But to be honest, either of those things would be, I think, the icing on the cake. If the Grizzlies enter the playoffs, the top four seed, this season is already above expectations. I actually think it's a complete opposite. I think that this being the year that the usual suspects aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. You have the Lakers that are struggling. Right. Yes, they, they're looking better, but they're not looking like a top four, top three contender better. You have the Clippers who have a lot of talent, but as much as we like to see Kawhi and PG at the Rams game, they're not actually playing together. Facts. So it's it's great to see, you know, Kawhi <laughs> out and about, but he's not actually on the court. So right. I think this has allowed teams that have always kind of been fighting for a second best in that middle of the pack in the West to start getting some shine and say, yo, look what we got over here. We're killers too. We just have never gotten the eyes because yeah. X, Y, and Z, but yeah. now you're forced to watch it. So we're going to give you a show. And I think that's exactly what's happening in Memphis. These guys know a lot of eyes are on them. But this is not a team that just has all of a sudden switched it on. They've been killers. Mm. They've been on the court working. They've been grinders. They've had the talent. You guys, and I say you guys, I mean basketball fans, the media has just started paying attention. But what's been going on in Memphis has been going on. They have just consistently gotten better. And now everyone's just starting to pay attention. Yeah, I was I was lucky to watch them this weekend at practice and watch them in their workouts and stuff. And they, and they locked in. Um, like Chris saying, they, they, uh, we love their grit. We love how focused they are. We love that they, they remind us of that team that just don't don't give a hell. Like they're going to put their nose in it. Steve Adams going to fight for his teammates. All these guys have what it takes. But I think just this year, I don't think is their time this year. But, you know, top four, I never said I don't agree that they'll be top four. I'm just saying I don't think that they'll come out the West. 
Second round exit, and that's nothing to be, you know what I'm yeah. saying, ashamed of, especially if you're the Grizzlies. That's a great season. Yeah, I, I don't think so, yeah. Well, out of the three of us, only one of us has multiple predictions that have come correct so oh, far. Jesus but... Christ. Is oh this what we're God. doing now? We're going to wait what y'all and did, see. Producers, producers, you see what you, what you just did? Uninterrupted. What have you done? You've started a monster. We're going to move on to topic number two. And we're going to go ahead and head to the shy because the Chicago Ooh. Bulls are coming off their worst week of the season so far. Not only did they get embarrassed by the Nets and the Warriors, two bad. really good basketball teams, might I add, but they also lost Zach Levine to a knee injury. Thankfully, the injury doesn't seem to be too serious, so let's put that out there. But all of a sudden, there seems to be a dark cloud hanging over Chicago, and it's not the weather. I know it's the winter. It's another dark cloud. Lethal, are you buying or selling your bull stock during this low point in the season? Right now, the Bulls, or rather overall, the Bulls are 4-9 and nine without Zach Levine this year. Yeah, I was lucky to watch them as well um, this weekend. And it was just DeMar. And I was watching the, the team. A lot of their key players weren't playing. But I can see them winning a few games, but I don't see them winning the East. Um, so I would sell my stock with them as well. Uh, because like what Chris said, and like you, you said as well, a lot of those teams that weren't good before, they're starting to get better now. You know, they're starting to pick it up. And this is the wrong time, unfortunately, for injuries, for disconnections. And to be, you know, you, you can't be, I know those guys aren't playing, but you can't be taking 30, you can't be losing by 35 and and stuff like that. And like last night, like when I was able to watch them live um, against the Grizzlies, it was one point they was down by 30 again. Mm. And I know it was just DeMar, but I was just, so, something ain't adding up. You know what I mean? So I, I would say- well, it's interesting that you say that because, and Christian, before we get to you, because Lethal, you've always been very apprehensive about Chicago and getting too high on the wave that everyone has been on with this team. And you've constantly said on this podcast numerous times, I got to see more. Yeah, I got to see more. They, this I, is a I'm new just, team. Yeah, I I'm just not sold. I, I, I'm like Chris when it comes to this as well. Like, I understand what the Bucks have done. I understand who the Nets have. I understand even the Heat. Like, they still a little, don't, don't sleep on them right now. So, uh -huh. like, Chicago got to show me a little bit more because of the guys they have to show me that they're like, you know, they're, they're Goliath, I would say. Yeah, man. You know, I was obviously in Chicago for when the Nets went out there um, for that game. And that was the moment I realized that there's levels to this championship contending game. And the Bulls are just not on the level as the Bucks, as the Nets, as even the Heat. I think I'd put the Heat, if I had to rank the East one to four right now, um, I'm probably going Bucks one, Nets two, Heat three, and Bulls four. And, and that's because if, if you're the Bulls and you look at those four teams, the, the Bulls, in my opinion, you're never going to have the best player on the floor. You know, you're always going to be playing against another team that has the best player on the floor when you're talking about those top four teams in the East. And I think it just becomes tough for them uh, when you get down to that, because a lot of the times it, it becomes a it becomes about talent. Right. Who's who's got the best players and then B, it becomes about continuity. The Bulls are still a new team, as you mentioned, Lila, they're trying to figure out how to play with each other. Um, and, and on top of that. I mean, yeah, they've got a lot of talent, but 
so do the Bucks, so do the Nets, so do the so right. do the Heat. You know, it, it gets pretty tough. So, and, and on top of that, I mean, when you've got a game against the Nets in front of your home court and you get blown out like that to the point where fans aren't even paying attention to the game right now. Now they're looking at the line. Okay, well, will both teams score 238 points? Okay, then I'll get my money. They don't even care anymore about the score. When you're down that bad in a in a statement game, I lose all faith. So I, I sold I sold basically everything I had on the Bulls. I don't believe it. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing with the Bulls is what we've seen. And this is not this doesn't have anything to do with solely their age, because we've seen this with the Clippers. We've seen this with the Nets. We've seen this with the Lakers. It's this chemistry factor that has right. been worrisome about saying. this team, That's right? Because saying. it's easy to kind of come out the gate swinging when people don't know what to expect from you. It's the same thing we kind of see in football sometimes. Once the tape is out, it's very hard to go ahead and confuse the more seasoned teams. But also, it's hard to manufacture chemistry. We've seen this consistently in basketball. I mean, we can go all the way back to when the big three were first put together in Miami. They were riding high, but when it came down to it, the team couldn't compete against a team in the playoffs in the championship that had been together for a certain amount of time. I think that's what we're starting to see is that the bounce back of when you're in a deficit is harder when you don't really know the guys around you. You yeah. know them, but not on the level that like, say, the Jazz know each other right. or yeah. the Suns know each other right. or the Grizzlies know each other. Their level of chemistry is a little bit more superficial. And sometimes if you have certain guys on a team, you can override that. Look, we see the Nets. The Nets are able to override a lot of their lack of chemistry from not being able to play together because you have three of the best basketball players of all time on exactly. a team together. Exactly. Whether they're playing all the time at home together or just play, or when they're on the road, you still have three of the best basketball. So their talent overrides their lack of chemistry. Agreed. But sometimes even that's not enough because you look at what happened with the Clippers in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Their talent could have couldn't override their chemistry. Now, the Chicago Bulls are a talented team, but they're not talented enough to yep. override their lack of chemistry. Right. And I think they've kind of hit a stone wall to where, okay, now the fact that we don't really know each other, it's starting to come back and bite us in the ass. And now we're stuck a little bit. And that's the vibe that I felt watching the game yesterday. Like, like I said, the stars weren't there, only DeMar DeRozan, but the it was just everybody just seemed confused. You know, it right. wasn't no type of chemistry like even the bench i was watching the bench all due respect like the bulls you guys are great but like even the bench <laughs> they they look confused you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's just like so, something is just not right like there's I, no identity if you take steph curry and um clay and draymond and sit them and let the bench guys and other guys play they still gonna have some type of swag you know what i mean like but like right. you said they have a good chemistry they they have a good thing going with them so like 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 I was saying, like it's just something ain't right. I, I'm not sold at all. And with chemistry yeah. comes identity. Yeah. And I think Chicago doesn't have an identity. There are no. a bunch of really good players on a team together playing basketball, but that doesn't mean that you have an identity. Who are you when things are not going well? What do you resort back to? That's the makings of a championship team is when your back is against the wall, it doesn't matter who you are as individual players. Who are you as a team and what do you resort back to when you're in that situation? And the difference between a Warriors team and a Chicago Bulls team is that the Warriors are backed against the wall. They know who they are. They know what that game is as a unit. They move as a unit in situations like that. But you look at Chicago when their back is against the wall. 
Now it's like, all right, so we know who we are individually and we know how to play as individually really good ball players and play like on a team. But how do we move as a unit when we are, you know, when we're in a situation? They haven't figured that out yet. You know, it's not often that I say Ash hit something right on the head, but Ash, you're 100% right. You know, I was just... Adamus reporting for duty. Here we go. You know, just being in... In Chicago for that game, you know, as the Nets started to build that lead, you talk about their backs being against the wall. There wasn't that fight from the Bulls. They kind of just gave up in that third going into the fourth. And at that point, I was like, oh, y'all aren't even going to fight back? What's what's happening Mm -hmm. right here? You know, and that's where that's where it just becomes iffy for me with them. So uh, I hate to say it. I agree with what you said. (laughs) Well, listen, this is this is a good day thus far. Turn the volume up and (laughs) make sure you are listening because you might not hear these words again. This is a basketball podcast. How about them cowboys? Oh my God. How about them cowboys? We not talk about the Jets. We talk about the Cowboys. Wow, it'd be your own people. Ash was on vacation, got one notification, can't register the next. <laughs> got another notification, Sorry. Cowboys going back Sorry. home. How does it feel? Sorry, can't, can't do it. Topic number three. And for the past few years, the Utah Jazz have been a dark horse to some as a candidate to come out of the West. But, you know, there seems to be always something that gets in their way. And while some people are buying the hype, others aren't buying the hype. And critics will point to losses like the one in L.A. Monday night against the Lakers um, as one of the reasons why they're not buying into what the Jazz are selling. Now, although considered to be one of the best rim protectors in the league, teams need to have strategies to expose Rudy Gobert defensively. And the dialogue surrounding his tenure with the Jazz has shifted dramatically. Christian, where are you right now with the Jazz? Are you buying or selling Utah as a championship contender? Now, before you answer that, let me give you some numbers. First in points per game, 114.9 points per game. And the Jazz have hit the most three-pointers this year, but like a wise man once said, you live by the three, you die by the three. So, Christian, what are you buying? You buying or are you selling? You know, Ash, I don't know if you ever had one of these jobs growing up, but did you ever work for like Vector and, and do like the, the door-to-door sales? Uh, I did, did you, not, did you know people I would who not did? be good at that. Yeah. I knew some people and I would close the door when they would approach me and I'd be like, yeah, I'll see you at school tomorrow, close. <laughs> I, I, I look at... <laughs> I look at the jazz like a, a vector knife salesman where you're going to knock on that door every year, every day, and you might not get an answer, right? But you're going to keep knocking, and one day that door is going to open, and, and one day you're going to get that first sale. And I think this might be the year for Utah because, number one, we don't know where this, this to season come out goes. Of the West? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think wow. people are sleeping on Utah just as a team that can really mix things up. I've been high on the jazz for some years now, ever since they, because if you just look at their team, right? Rudy Gobert, he's not the sexy name. He's not the sexy pick for, for an all-star center. But every single year, you know what you're getting from him. Rim Gobert's protection. kind of a sexy name. It's French. Rudy Gobert. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. He does what, what I mean, obviously, you know what I mean. He doesn't give you the flash of the frills or even the, the dominant low post scoring. And he plays in Utah. Yeah, exactly. But he's going to anchor that defense. He's going to get you some rebounds. He's going to move the ball around. You've got Conley. You've got Donovan Mitchell. And you've got a lot of pieces who support that group. And it's just
just about, like we said, it's building that continuity year over year. It's getting more familiar with what the coach wants to do on both ends of the floor. And then it's also Donovan Mitchell growing as a star. I think this is the year, especially for Donovan Mitchell, he's got to step up and take that next step and lead this team in the playoffs. And I think he will. I think the Jazz are going to upset some some people. They're going to upset some fans. I think we see them in the Western Conference Finals this year. I'm buying. Wow. <laughs> Christian Thomas. Stop playing. <laughs> yeah. Lethal, before I let you answer, I think for me quickly, it's never been lack of talent for Utah. It's never even been lack of coaching. They're a very well-coached team. Shout out to Snyder, Coach Snyder. I, for, for me, it's always been with the Jazz, what can go wrong as you get closer to the postseason, the playoffs, always happens to go sure. wrong. And for me, the biggest thing that goes wrong is, is health. They, for some reason, are never able to stay healthy These enough to compete with the talent in the West. These are now, facts. if this was a team in the East, they probably would have come out, would have come out of the East by now just because of how depleted and drastically different the East has been. And yes, it's gotten better, but it's still not the West. In the West, you can't get injured at the wrong time because it is a domino effect. And as we've seen last season, it's very hard to compete when you are not at full strength in that conference. And you can be the most talented team out there. And the Jazz are one of the most talented teams. I've just, I just feel like we've seen this story before. They're either one or two or a top three. And we're like, yep, the Jazz are going to do it. The Jazz are going to do it. And then something happens and they can't get over the hump. So I, uh, I don't know. It just, maybe, maybe luck is, is starting to turn in their favor. I just, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I have, I have to agree with you, not Chris, and just say oh. like they're they're oh, wow. <laughs> they're oh, a great goodness. they're a great team. I love them, but it's like they do this every year. They make us happy, and then they do the same exact thing. So I'm going to have to sell as well. Oh, so you're 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 siding with me then? Because Chris is buying. I, I'm buying. I'm, I'm, I'm buying. not buying. I'm not buying that they're oh. winning the West. No, I'm not buying that. I don't think so they, they might not win the West. They might not win the West. Right? I don't think right. we're going to see the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals. I do think we're going to see the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I'm not buying that either. I sell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. They call them bold predictions for a reason. You feel listen, me? Listen, yeah. this this could be the year we keep reverting back to the same conversation. Yeah. The West is wide open. It's, it is wide open, but before I, ever I before. But it the thing could, I'm saying is, could, even like could. last night, this is the thing that scares me. No, all due respect to the Lakers, They're, they weren't supposed to lose to the Lakers. You're not supposed Absolutely. to go like oh for like 16, 17 or something from three. And, and, and that, that's one of those games. That's a statement game like Chris knows and you know. Like that's one of those games you have to win. Yes, the Lakers are having a rocky season, but the Utah Jazz are supposed to go in there and win. And Chris, if they can't go in there and win a game, how do you expect them to win in a, in a, in a series? I mean, listen, it's a series, you know what I'm saying? You get to go there Valid and see points. see what you what how you learn from games, you know what I'm saying? Come back the next game, tighten things up. I still think the Jazz are a better I think the Jazz are a better team. We're seeing the Lakers struggle right now. Right. I mean, that granted you you got to bring Anthony Davis back into that mix and that's where right. I think things get a little murky, but I think just 
I, I just I believe in I like sustained attempts at trying to win. You know what I'm right, saying? Like right. they are they have tried they're trying to build something there. Utah is a great basketball city. Their fans really want it. And, right. they, and at the end of the day, when when their backs against just the wall, don't you eat know the pizza. who? Not yet. Pizza in Utah. What is that? <laughs> I mean, ask Jordan. Hey, he knows about the pizza. Oh, facts. Don't eat the These pizza. Are facts. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, we we talk about who is the team when their backs against the wall. We know who the Jazz are when their backs against the wall. They're a team that's going to play defense and try to execute offensively. And I. I believe in that. So, yeah, it's never been an issue of talent. It's never been an issue of chemistry. It's never been an issue of identity. It's always been the issue of, and Phil Jackson said this best that winning a championship is part talent and part luck. Yeah. And the luck comes into the factor of are you healthy when it counts? Being a team, you know, depleted by injuries is, is fine when it's January. It's not okay when it's May mm. and it's harder to get back quick enough to be a substantial part of your team in May than it is January when you have months. So I think health provided, because they have everything else. Yeah. Health provided, I can see what you're saying being a possibility, but it's also concerning because it seems every single season we have this conversation, mm -hmm. somebody substantial is unable to be in the lineup when they need them the most. And I think that is going to be a huge difference maker in this buying or selling of the Utah Jazz. I'm not buying. But Chris is buying. I'm Chris buying. is buying. I know, I know you're buying, but you just agree with her. So yeah, like, no, like, I agree with her that, you know, what goes for the Jazz goes for any team. If, if you have injuries in the playoffs, well, then you're going to try to play any team. Gonna, he's right. saying I'm they're going to be healthy and they're <laughs> yeah, going to come I'm, off the I, West. I, I oh, so today, he's saving yeah. himself. So, so if they're not healthy, Chris, <laughs> they don't go. You're going to cover yourself. Hey, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get them lethal. Get them lethal. I will die on the Utah Jazz Hill this year. How about that? Okay. All right. Perfect. That's what we want to hear. Like y'all tell me, you're going all in and you're not going in at all. I'm going all in. So you got the Utah Jazz. Jazz in, 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 in the, the Western West Conference Finals. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Josh, Bold John prediction. at 357, you heard what Christian said. <laughs> make sure, they're make sure you flag this right. oh, so that you know exactly me. what oh, clip to pull goodness. if this does not happen. You, all see, right? you see what yeah, happens no. when someone gets no like breaks. one or two wins? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ashley got a couple if wins. Go, and now, if we go, now she's trying to call some shots <laughs> now. You know if we're going to celebrate. If we're going to celebrate my good predictions, I like you better before Antigua, okay? Bring the pre-Antigua Ash back out. Who is this imposter? Oh, man. Nah. Well, while we're in the West, we got to go ahead and move on to topic number four. And that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. All right. So brace yourselves. If Ooh. there has been one stock that has been the most volatile this season, it belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Currently sitting at 500, this team is impossible to figure out. They're like a toxic relationship. <laughs> oh, the good. Snap. Obviously, LeBron James, the addition of Stanley Johnson and Malik Monk starting to find his way. The bad? Well, roster construction, poor shooting, rumors that Frank Vogel might be on his way out. And then, of course, all the debate about Russell Westbrook. Now, Lethal, I know it's hard to put a value on the Lakers stock right now, but... Are you buying or selling based on what you have seen so far? Now, before you answer, some numbers. Obviously, they lost Anthony Davis. Huge loss for them. Lakers right now are 9-8 and eight without AD, so they're not terribly missing him. They're, ab they're right in the middle, but it's going to get a lot worse, I think until he comes back. LeBron right now averaging 28 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, and six and a half assists. Does that change your mind on anything? 
Well, not to make excuses, it's kind of like that thing. If AD isn't playing, it's tough to say. As of right now, with this particular roster, I would sell um, because they, like you're saying, as they haven't showed us any type of consistency. Um, It's like that. What what type of relationships you said? You said again. Toxic. It's like Mm. a toxic relationship. It's like (laughs) they'll win one game and then the next game they'll lose by twenty and then they'll they'll lose the next game. Like so, it's like you. What they shown what they've shown us is who they are. And just like last night against Utah, when I was watching and taking notes, I was like, you know, this is a good game. But unfortunately, to agree with Chris a little bit, the Utah was just missing shots. They they they, they really shoot the ball well, but they were 0 for like 16, 17 from three. So if they'd have been hitting their threes, they technically would have won by 10 or so. So it's not so much that the Lakers won, it's more the Jazz lost. I I, I don't want to put it in that way, but it wasn't like the Lakers played a, 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 the type of basketball that as a coach you can say, oh man, you know what, that's, that's championship basketball. That's that's how you play basketball. It was more like Utah was just playing bad basketball, you know? So Well, I, the, the Lakers are 500 with Anthony Davis, 22 and 22. Right. Mm. So right now they're 500 without Anthony Davis. Right. So if you're making the argument that Anthony Davis is the difference maker, the numbers kind of contradict that a little bit. Right now, I, I would probably sell. because not, not because of LeBron or AD. It's just because the roster that has been put together is just... I, I don't know what I'm getting. I, I get confused sometimes. Hold on, Lethal. Wait, let me give you some investment advice real quick. You, you don't oh God, lose money. Go. You don't lose money until you buy or sell. You okay. feel me? So you could easily wait before making this investment. And what I would do is wait to see if you want to buy or maybe buy some more. And here's why. Because especially at a price like this where the Lakers is at right now, if you could buy low, if you could buy even more stock low, then when it goes up, you you sitting on a good pile of money, brother. And right. let me give you a couple I, I didn't reasons. I know taking it that way. My nah, bad. Let me, let me give you a couple reasons on why you should buy some Lakers stock right now. Number one, we've seen Anthony Davis. On the, I don't care what the numbers say. The Lakers are going to be much better when Anthony Davis is right. on the floor. You know that. AD. I know that. Record, right. is, record aside, no matter what, they're going to be better. Number two, you know the Lakers operate at the trade deadline and on the buyout market. They are not going into this season, into the playoffs with the roster they have right now. I am buying right now on the Lakers because I know when it's time for that playoff push. Braun not playing. Braun not playing just to... Have a first round exit? No, and he knows they're not good enough right now. He knows they need the extra pieces. You gotta buy now, brother. I'm buying right now. That's my that's my advice to you. This is the conversation with Lakers fans or just Lakers apologists that confuses me because you talk about all these moves that you're gonna make before the trade deadline or by the trade deadline. You do realize they have a 44 million dollar contract that that nobody's gonna want to pick up from Russell Westbrook. Sure, that limits your availability in exactly the moves that you can make. Because Carmelo and those guys are not making enough to where they're making or breaking your situation. Those guys are in vet minimums. $1.6 million. Trevor Ariza, $1.6 million. You look at Avery Bradley, $1.6. The big contracts are Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. The other contract is Tucker, maybe. That's $9.5 million. It's really not making or breaking. Obviously, LeBron James, $41 million. And then you have Russell Westbrook with $44. Exactly where are you moving Russell Westbrook to clear up any space for yourself. You're not moving Russell Westbrook at this point if you're not going to be able to trade him to a team that's going to give you back 
certain players, you're going to have to find a way to enhance this team around the big three that you bet on, which is Russ, Brooke, LeBron, and AD. Now, let me get there. You've got Taylor Horton, Horton Tucker, like you mentioned, $9.5 million. You've got Kendrick Nunn making $5 million. That's $14.5 million right there. Then you've got those other players, right? You could move a Avery Bradley, a Wayne Ellington. You could put two mm-hmm. a, a Kent Bazemore, and now you're at $20 million. You know what I'm saying? You can make up that ground elsewhere. I think the Lakers have enough pieces. And then on top of that, buyout market comes. You're signing good players at the veterans minimum. I, I'm not worried about the Lakers. I think they're going to figure it out. The Lakers don't have the same je ne sais quoi, as they say in French, that they used to. Like, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot harder to move players and to get players by the trade deadline than they have ever experienced before because they don't look good. Guess what? You guys just moved Kevin Knox and turned him into Cam Reddish. Anything is possible. You feel me? Literally anything is possible. But the difference is, is one, I also predicted that in case you guys are keeping score at home listening. Here we go. Kevin Knox has a higher trade value in the sense of that's a young player who can shoot. Yeah, I'm I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook. You're not trading Russell Westbrook. They're also rebuilding Atlanta from the ground up. They are a black hole of what they were last season. They're trying to literally get rid of everybody. It's like the Pacers. It's like a garage sale. Come and get. What are you going to give me for? Unless you're trading with a team like that, who's going to want Kendrick Nunn? You got it. You got There's. People take players back, you know what I'm saying, all the time. Here's what you I'm think thinking. Miami's gonna take them back? No, not not like that. Oh, okay. Not take the same. Player. I mean, people <laughs> take so so, and, and this goes back to some of the things that Sean Marks has had to do in in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to make bets on players who are are I guess you would call them distressed assets who are playing well below what you expect them to play. I don't know what who that player is just now. Isn't that what got the around. Lakers in that situation in the situation they're in to begin We're with? We're Westbrook, right? See, you thought you'd have more from him and not. Either way, I think you gotta find a way to to build around those margins. You gotta get a deeper supporting cast than what they've got. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're looking at the Nets. And their and their depth after KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Then you look at the Lakers. There's a clear drop off in that talent right. supporting your big three. So I think you've got to try to piece some of that together. And the Lakers, they're in a tough situation. You gave up a lot of your draft picks to go get Anthony right. Davis, right? So what what exactly do you do? You got to take some chances. You got to hope that some players who are about to get bought out still want to play with LeBron, or that it was their childhood dream to one day put on the purple and gold. Because otherwise, I don't like you said. I don't know who's you're, who's lining up to go. You're play with in the Lakers. trouble. And lethal, I'm going to ask you because we've seen this story in many different situations, many different teams. You can't cut corners to a championship. Let's 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 go ahead and call that what it is. You just can't do it. And when you try to front load a team, when you try to top heavy a team and surround superstars with a bunch of eh, talent or guys one foot out the door into retirement and surrounding your superstars who are sucking up a lot of your cap space with vet minimums, this is the type of team you have to expect. There is a huge drop off between your starters or your big three rather and the rest of your team. And yet it looks good on paper. It looks good on social media. It's cool for the hashtags and the, and the, and the shit talking, all that stuff that leads up to a season. But when you start getting into the grind of a season, the day in and day out, it does not work like you think it will work because basketball is a sport of depth. You need a complete team to win. You can't just have three. Even if you look at that big three era in Miami, yeah, you had the big three, but that was a good team that was around them. Right. Lethal, cutting corners, it doesn't work. Yeah, um, like you were saying, the main people for the Lakers, they're good, um, but I feel like the the bench and the roster that was put together, it was just, you know, they just, they didn't put a, the pieces together to make it form into the correct puzzle. So 
I'm surprised that Chris said he would buy. Like I said, I would sell. Um, I'm but buying he's a, right now. He's a risk. And when we say buy, like, what's the risk? There's no risk in this. I'll buy it as well. <laughs> They're the Lakers. So what's the risk, Ash? What's the risk? The risk is you being wrong Facts. and ending up on the on the montage of wrong so predictions. So with him with buying, oh he's God. saying that they'll change the season around and yeah. get he's to basically what buying what they're he's saying they're so, gonna so turn it around. Th- they'll turn around and do what though? What's the what's the what's the goal? So we can make sure he's buy, so I can know because I might oh, buy. Yeah, goodness. what are you saying? Will are they, they win? The, are they gonna win the championship, Chris? Are they gonna end up? I don't up top think three? they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna win the championship. Okay, this what year. are they gonna do? What, what are you buying? You man, saying Western Conference you, Finals? See, he don't even know, Ash. Oh, man. You saying Western Conference Finals? Are you saying Western Conference Finals? There's only but too many. There's only only two right. teams Is can make the Western Conference, Western Conference Finals. Is it Championship Western Conference Final or, 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 or we can't say make it to the playoffs. That's too easy. We could say yeah. bye. We could say I'll say bye with that. What are you saying are you bye saying, to? Yeah, what's, what are you I'm saying bye to? I'm buying them not being what they are right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, no. I'm going to give you a third option. I'll give Take you a third a option. Come on. Are they going to I'm the only one taking risk here. Are you, going risk, to, are you going to buy that they finish top five in the West? I'll give you that option. I'll buy that. I'll buy that for sure. I'll buy that for sure. I'll buy this. Damn. I'll buy this. I'll buy that they finish higher than the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, what the? What the? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's, yeah. But that's not... Yeah. But, but, now, the, we, but the thing I'm saying is... the Grizzlies are top 14. That means the Lakers are top four. What's up? Ooh. Yeah. That's what y'all thinking. Yeah, getting spicy that with bet. that one. All right, Fact. I'm selling for that. I'm selling. I'm selling. Oh, I'm selling. Yeah. I hope you. I hope your your purple and gold clientele hear this yeah. podcast. Nah, they my man's. But the thing I'm saying, we talking about. You said this business right now. This is it's business. This is business. It's business right now. <laughs> yeah, they're not showing. They're not showing. They're not showing me the consistency. Um, that's needed for me to keep my stock in it right now. For right now, like if mm. they, like for instance, like last night. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, Chris. How bad Utah played last night? How many points was the Lakers supposed to win by? They're supposed to run it. But you got to remember, they don't have AD either. You know what I'm saying? You, like, okay, okay. They don't have AD, but they got Braun, Russ, Mello. And that's all you... I'm not saying that's all you need. The Jazz, like, they play poorly. They, 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 they should at least won by like 15. So the thing, I, the thing I'm trying to say is, if AD comes back, that, that means Stanley Johnson on the bench, right? Um, it depends, right? Because you could always move stars. Say, well, who you got on the floor with him? You got Russ, you got Braun, you got AD. You could put Stanley out there w- okay, between those so, three, and then you start. Who's who's your two that you're gonna start next to that? They need to add some more players. They need some shooters that's on what that I'm team. Try- okay, bro. Malik Monk. Let's say Malik Monk starts. Sure. So, so the thing I'm trying to say is that team right there, that team right there with with that with that squad right now. Be honest, bro. Like, I, and oh, remember, no. bro, I ain't no Memphis Grizzly fan. No, remember, we... The we, way we, Memphis playing, you think uh, they better than Memphis with that with that mob. I, t- I told you we waiting on that trade deadline okay, we waiting okay, on that buyout okay, market okay, and that's why I'm buying okay, now because right. I know they're not standing pat. They're going to do okay, something. So, so you're saying you're buying that they're going to be top four in the West? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, boy, this is you. You, you a risk taker. I'd be afid to give you some risk money. Take, Scam money stocks. don't make no it money. It don't. It don't. But well, we'll be living in a, no in a freaking under the bridge bro, messing with you, man. Take your money. Stop playing. Right, Shout out right. Meek. Right. Shout out Meek, man. All right, we gonna right, see. So wait, what did you go. do though, Ash? Did you sell? I'm I'm selling. Mm. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, okay. ye of little faith. No, no, I got faith, bro. I'm a Lakers fan, bro. I'm a basketball fan, bro. I want to see. Certain teams do this, especially. You don't gotta defend your logical. No, no, no. I, it's my man, to so I gotta, man. I gotta let him understand something. <laughs> I want them you, to win, through. but the one thing I don't understand is something ain't right. And you know, Chris, from yeah. all of basketball you guys watch, some don't be looking right. It's like it's like they 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 confuse sometimes. It's the spacing. It they need like better spacing duck. out there. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, <laughs> it's a duck. We are gonna see. 
I think okay. they got a game. I don't know when the next game is. I think it's tomorrow. So we'll see. Rounding out our three on five, topic number five. And we're going to go ahead and talk about a team that has been struggling in one way, shape, or form. The Dallas Mavericks are quietly making their way up the standings. Now, Luca and Porzingis were pegged as a duo that could bring a championship to the city of Dallas. But things haven't gone exactly as Mark Cuban planned. Mark, if you would have listened to the fans of New York, they could have told you this. Now, Christian, with Luca back in the lineup and Porzingis playing well this season, now well is, you know, if he can stay healthy, are you buying or selling the combo of Luca and KB for the Dallas Mavericks? Now, let me give you some numbers. Mavs are 11 and 6 when Luca and KP play together. So obviously they play well when they are ever on the same court, but 14 and 13 when they don't. All right. So are you buying or selling the combo of Luca and KP for the Dallas Mavericks? I don't think that's enough on its surface, right? I love what Luca brings. As a player himself, I think KP is a very nice complimentary piece, but I still think there's pieces missing to that roster. And for that reason, if they're not, if we're taking that roster that they have right now, as is, and we're fast forwarding to the playoffs with the exact same roster that they have right now, I'm selling. I don't think they have enough to beat some of the top teams. You know what I'm saying? If they go in, in a seven game series with the Grizzlies, I don't know who I would pick in that series. And that tells you all you need to know. If I don't know if they're beating the Grizzlies in a seven-game series, I sure, sure as hell don't think they're going to beat the Warriors or the Suns, maybe even not even a healthy Los Angeles Lakers team. So I, I'm selling on on the uh, on the Mavericks unless they are adding to that core of Luka and Kristaps Porzingis. One yeah. second. Um, I recall oh. when oh I God. told you about the Memphis Grizzlies, oh, man. both of y'all both were like, you have them beating the Mavericks are you serious? Da -da -da -da. So now you're what changing the? your tune. Well, what about, are you talking about? I'm talking, Christian, Josh, John, someone find the clip. Right the clip is there. You see, you see, this is what happens when you give people Christian, new names. I didn't this is what happens when you yet, take. And you pulled me in. Maybe on. I was about Christian, to say Dallas. Christian, when I told you about the Grizzlies on this very podcast, did you or did you not say there's no way that they were going to go ahead and beat the Mavericks in a seven-game series if it came down to I, it. All I said right now was, I don't know who wins that series. I didn't say they're losing that series. I said, oh, I don't so know. Oh, so now it's you don't know. But back <laughs> then, you knew. Listen, Jaws played very well. You know what I'm saying? You, you <laughs> okay. Enjoy your win, Ashley. You were just right saying. about the Grizzlies. I'm just saying. You were right about the Grizzlies, saying, Ashley. You, you can went, have it. You went from they you were not got beating it, them Ash. to now you don't know. Astrodomus, you, know. you called the Grizzlies. Oh, he Ash, we you got, got it. You know what I'm he called you by the name. He called got, you by you the got name. It. You got it. You're right. We're going to get you a nice little plaque. And it's going to say Ashley called the Memphis Grizzlies being top four by January 18th. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> that's the that's the plaque you got. Nah, but, but for real, like, I, I think the, comments, guys. I, I still think uh, the, uh, the 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 Mavericks are a piece away. You know what right. I'm saying? And I think as is, I, I gotta sell. Yeah, I have to agree with Chris. I'm gonna sell. Those are good guys once again on the team, but that team right there is not it. That team, <laughs> the, the the people that they put together, assembled for Luca and 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 Pazingas. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy, but they need like an elite shooter. They need like a Patrick Beverly to take up for Luca. They need so many pieces that's not there, and I don't mm. see them successfully doing anything this season. It's a weird dynamic in Dallas because I feel like every season they add a piece, but it's not a piece 
that does anything. Yeah. Like it's like they make a move. Yeah. But the move's almost like non-existent yeah. because it really doesn't add to the value of the team in the way that the team needs to be added value to, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Luca Porzingis, for example, Knicks fans could have told you this. There was a time Porzingis is extremely injury prone and we've seen him come in and out of the lineup with the Mavericks. And Luca, as amazing as he is, it was supposed to be Luca. Batman, but he was also supposed to have a Robin. Mm -hmm. But that combo is not good if you can't have your Robin there consistently because then it's Batman by himself and also playing Robin with a bunch of guys who aren't on the same tier as him. Yeah, you have Tim Hardaway Jr., but I feel like outside of him, that team is just, it's very depleted. Like, there's no, there's no meat there. It's just like Luca, Porzingis, and nothing in the middle. Like if Luca and Porzingis are the slices of bread in a sandwich, there's like no meat in there. There's no flavoring. There's no sauce. There's no seasoning. There's no lettuce. There's nothing in the middle. So it's like a, uh, just a you nasty feel, sandwich. Yeah, yeah, you feel almost sometimes underwhelmed. Also, when they do get a win, because it's like, eh, I guess. I mean, yeah. eh, like yeah. you can't even remember their wins. That's how unflavored that team is. You wow. know what yeah. I mean? Jesus. That's fine. It's true. Man. You remember when the Lakers win. You remember when the Grizzlies win. You say what you want. You remember what the when the Knicks win. The Mavs are a <laughs> team like that in there, Chris? no, but it's because there's Damn there's shame. whether <laughs> the, <laughs> whether the team or the roster has work that it, that is needed to make it better. Yeah, there's there's flavoring there. There's seasoning there. There's right. there's potential for it to be more. Dallas is like. You don't, there's nothing yeah. to make, you can't turn it into anything. Yeah. What it is, is what it is. It's not getting any better. You nah, know what I, mean? I agree. You're, you're not, you're, you're hitting it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris, you're a chef. There's sometimes when like you make something or maybe not you, but just say, don't, don't put me in just, that kind yeah, of category. My, just, man, my man, <laughs> yeah, stories. that food be looking good. You see yeah, how she yeah, tries to yeah. say you're making bad plates, bro. You see this? You, you give somebody one new name and they just start going crazy. No, but as a chef, you know that there are just sometimes you can't make something out of some, what it is is what it, it's not getting any better. These are like, facts. That's that's what Dallas is. All right. So I know we just ran down three on five, but being that it's hashtag trade season and Christian's GM brain is always working you know and always working in overtime. Mm -hmm. I think it's only appropriate. We kick it over to him for some of our favorite or some of his favorite hypothetical trades of the week. Christian, what do you got for us? First things first, we're going to save the Celtics, right? Because I... I think the same thing you can say for the Lakers and for the Knicks, where the NBA is a better place if these teams are playing well. You can say the same thing for the Celtics. No one likes seeing the Celtics at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Yet there they are. They're just they're a mess right now in terms of the playoff picture. And I think what can save them is some more consistent play at the point guard position, right? And and who is an attainable piece for them? Who can they give up? Who can they get without having to part ways with a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum? Because I still believe in that two-man combo right there. Even if some people want to sell off on one of those two, I think you still build around that. I think you really just need to improve at that point guard. And I think if they can do it, you got to go get Fred Van Vliet off the Toronto Raptors. So here's the deal I got. If you give up Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, and as many picks as it takes to get him, 
I think you make that you make that move, and I don't know if the if the Raptors accept it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like I know they're in a in a in, in an interesting scenario where they're trying to rebuild, but at the same time compete and maybe make a playoff push. But you got to consider Fred Van Vliet. Number one could become a free agent next, not this summer coming up, but the summer after this after this year. So what's that going into 2023? He could become a free agent, um, and, and from there you really got to decide: is he going to stick here long term? We've seen the reports of him potentially signing with the Knicks. We've seen the the reports of him signing and different in different markets the 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 raptors don't want to be in a position where they're not getting anything back for him right so if the Celtics can force the rap not necessarily force i don't think they're going to force anything but the Celtics can make a compelling enough offer for fred van vliet i think he's someone that just works number one he's going to give you a lot of that same defense that you're losing from trading away a guy like marcus martin number two he's a guy who can score off the dribble score and basically from anywhere in the half court i like him on that team i like how he's going to give balance to that offense i think he makes them a little bit more legitimate of a of a contender in boston what do you guys think he does make them a legitimate contender but Seeing how the Raptors just paid him, that that's not gonna happen. Man, like, yeah, I don't enough. think so. The Raptor, I mean, if you think about the way that that situation happened in the offseason, because Fred Van Fleet was somebody I wanted on the Knicks yeah. to go ahead and and fill that that void, that void we desperately needed filled, and the Knicks literally, if I remember, were in talks to even just sit down and have a conversation with him. The Raptors got wind that he was getting interest on the open market and literally swooped in before everybody and said, this is what we're going to pay you, come back to Toronto. I don't think somebody that they have done that much legwork and they were that desperate to keep, they're going to go ahead and let them walk to Boston of all places. Like, that's right. just not going to happen. I Boston could use them. Boston probably needs them. They definitely do. But now, will they, will, do. will they get them? I don't know. I think I you know. Gotta so, try to give so some Chris, things you'll up. give up all that for, for him? Absolutely. For everything, I'll give up Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and what, Romeo Langford and some picks? What? Uh, Hell yeah. Lethal's looking at you like you just told him the earth was No, wait, you wouldn't give that up for Fred? He's great, but like, do they need another guard at that size trying to sling shots, bro? I, I personally think so. I think not just sling shots. I think he's just going to bring more balance what to a, that offense. What else he bring? Number one, he's going to bring some defense. And number two, he's going to bring somebody that I feel like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be able to trust. I don't know about you. Anytime I see Marcus Smart with the ball late in the clock, I, my heart rate start, my heart rate start going up. I was like, what the hell is yeah. he going to do next? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fred Van Vliet, he's proven in those moments he's going to alleviate some of that pressure. And I think that's an opportunity for him to actually run that offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they've got somebody else that they can trust to make the right decision time and time again, I think it makes them a better team. Moving on to my next idea, right? And when it comes to the Sixers, I think they're, they're playing a very dangerous game with Ben Simmons, right? And, and it's less of a game with Ben Simmons and, and it's more of a game with Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid's body at this point is so fragile and overrun. Yeah. yeah. You knew when you drafted him that you had a very limited window to win with him, right? Yeah. And now you are playing with that window because you are not a contender without Ben Simmons and you are not a contender if you don't get something in exchange for Ben Simmons. So I, I think, to me, I think Daryl Morey needs to cut the crap and trying to extract whatever package he can get. And he's to, he needs to make a real deal. I think that deal is with Sacramento. I think you trade for De'Aaron Fox immediately. I think you add on if the Kings are like, nah, we want some more. I think you add whatever draft picks or you have to add attach another young player. You do that too. You add De'Aaron Fox next to Tobias. Tobias Harris next to Joel Embiid next to that group you got in Philly. That team, now you looking at Brooklyn, you looking at Miami, you looking at Milwaukee, like, yeah, what's up now? I like right. that for them. What you guys think? 
I agree with you 100%. Um, I think De'Aaron Fox coming to the East would be different. I don't see a lot of guards being able to um, stay in front of him. Most importantly, he's a power guard. He's not one of those guards that shine away from contact. So it will be kind of cool to see him on the 76ers and running that offense because I agree with you 100%. You know, I love um, Joel Embiid's game, but the way that he plays is is it's not like he's going to be able to play till he's, till he's 40 unless exactly. – he gets that, like Ashley says, that Robin or, you yeah. know, that the, the, the more people to take the load of him. Because, I mean, how long can somebody c- carry a team that long without their body breaking down? And he's shown to us that he's very injury prone. Yeah. Right. And I mean, especially with the news that Ben Simmons, they the 76ers have no idea of when <laughs> he'll crazy? play again and have no desire to release him anytime soon until they get a proper trade deal for him. I mean... Embiid needs the help. The Sixers need the help. Time waits for no man. And if they're going to go ahead and play this tug of war with Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons is going to continue to play this tug of war with them, they got to make a move that can help them. The Kings aren't going anywhere. I think exactly. that we've this has been a perpetual circle for them for seasons. Yeah. Um. They just, they get better on roster, but yeah. they don't get better in terms of actual performance. And in the West, we talk about this all the time, but they're being so competitive. You got to be you got to go ahead and transfer that success on a roster in terms of just logistics and what it says on paper. And you got to bring it to the court. And they're unable to go ahead and do that, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, just other things, locker room presence or lack of their lack thereof or drama between the players and the coaches and whatever the case may be. They just seem to be a constant disaster. Yeah. And I think you got to go ahead and maybe just start from zero. So if they're willing to do that, that's a move I would make definitely as a Sixers um, front office member for sure. You know, when you look at the Kings and De'Aaron Fox, I think there's two. There's one thing that's for certain. When De'Aaron Fox's contract runs out, he's out of there. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got a few years left on that deal. But I think when you look at Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons gets traded, he'll be lucky if another team wants to extend him for another five years after this deal, given how he just conducted himself in Philadelphia. Right. Like this mm. is kind of unacceptable the kings don't yeah. really have that luxury they want to have a star in town for as long as they possibly can and right. if De'Aaron, and if you can swap him out for ben simmons and then maybe get another piece out of philly because philly is the team that has a lot to lose now not really the kings we know what they are right we know the kings ain't going nowhere the 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 sixers are trading ben simmons and getting equal value away from really competing in the east so i think for that reason they're gonna have to pay a little more but i, I like the deal for them as well and and i mean ben simmons you know has talked about how much the philly fans have affected him he's not going to have to worry about that in sacramento because exactly. you know those games are never 50 percent filled anyway oh, so oh, oh, you about to oh, have another team blocking you on twitter i'm just wow. saying he's not going to have to worry about you know profanities and bottles being thrown on his head in sacramento it's a lot quieter it's a lot quieter it's a lot quieter than wells goodness. fargo <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a lot quieter than Wells Fargo. (laughs) All right, moving on. I got one more hypothetical trade scenario. And I I low-key came up with this uh, while we were talking about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Because they need some flavor, like you said, right? After after Luka and after KP, you got a, a roster that kind of needs some 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 additions here. I think they need to pick up the phone and, and give Indiana a call, right? There's some reports right now that's saying Indiana will trade Miles Turner for either two first-round picks or a young player in a first-rounder. And there's some, a report that'll say they'll trade Karis LeVert for the same type of deal, a young player and a draft pick. I think 
Dallas should give them a call and be like, hey, we want both of them. Give us Miles Turner and Kyrus LeVert. Here, you can take Jalen Brunson. Here, you can take all these other contract fillers that we have. You know what I'm saying? They, the, the, they have a, a couple players that they can throw in that deal to make the salaries work. And now you've got a lineup where you've got Miles Turner at the five that takes a lot of the pressure off KP. They could even interchange because they're both guys who can step outside and shoot the three. So now you're creating incredible spacing for those two and you're bringing a bona fide rim protector. I know KP wants to play the five or, or wants you, some people want to say he's the five. He's not really a five. He's just seven foot three. He's really yeah. a four. You he's know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you put him on the floor at the four. You got Miles Turner in there. You've got Luca. You've got, if you don't give up Tim Hardaway Jr., you still have him. And now you're adding Karis LeVert into the mix as another guy who, number one, I've seen him hit some big shots and big moments. Number two, he can create plays for his, for his teammates. And, and number three, I think that's a, a good complimentary piece for a guy like Luca who is looking for an option to alleviate him of some of that offensive burden, but hasn't really had it. You know, I think you include Jalen Brunson in that deal and, and you figure out a way to make that work. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. And I would love to see somebody else be able to have the ball in their hand and create for Luca. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I feel like Luca has to do everything. I, I, I love Brunson. He's my guy. That's family. Yeah. But in that system is not working because it seems like when he's trying to um, get a bucket sometimes it seems like it's a little bit forced sometimes and it seems like it, it kind of uh, messes up the offense a little yeah. bit but he does have that grit and that toughness like you've said before but in that particular system it's not working for a player like Luka and like you're saying like a Levert he got he kind of gives me like that Jamal Crawford vibe yeah. that he can uh, like take that ease off uh, of Luka and Luka could just sit back sometimes and just catch and shoot or catch it on the drive or do different things or in transition Luka's just running the lane or or something like that instead of every yeah. single time Luke has to get the ball, come out the pick and roll and go one-on-one going through the legs and risking his body and stuff like that. So I, that sounds like a good trade and it, is, and it just sounds like that's something that needs to be done as soon as possible. Like you're saying, to save Embiid, we, we need to save Luca because yeah. Luca's Luca's body be taking a, a pounding. So it's yeah. like we need to save these guys so we can see them for a long period of time. All right, that's all for my trade proposals. You know what I'm saying? If you was feeling it, let me know. You know what I'm saying? You could tweet at us, tweet at Certified Buckets. You know, tweet at me, tweet at Ash. Let us know what you think about those proposals. It also wraps up three on five. You know what I'm saying? So let's check out what caught my eye this week on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. First thing on the timeline, in Toronto, there was an empty arena and, and Devin Booker took issue with the only fan in the stands, the Raptors mascot. So the mascot tried his best to distract Devin Booker while he was at the foul line shooting some free throws. And it seems like he did a good job because right after that, Booker asked for the mascot to be removed. He literally kicked the mascot off the floor. <laughs> Lethal, I mean, as a shooter and as someone who's played in, in games like these, what do you make of that? You know what I'm saying? he's Devin's obviously able and he's used to shooting in front of what? 10, 18,000 18, fans. People, yeah. And now you got one fan in an empty it arena. Seems like, it seems like D Book is one of the people that like, you know, you know those people that see clowns and they go crazy. I think <laughs> when he sees like dinosaurs, he's like <laughs> he's like one of those people that is like, nah, get that dinosaur away from me, man. Oh, wasn't, my goodness. The, didn't, wasn't Book also that person who said he doesn't like to be double teamed in pickup games? He, I was yeah. just about to, to say that. My man, yeah. he, got, he got a long list of things. He's, he's, got, he's got a lot of lists. My man of wasn't playing with happen. that raptor though. He said, <laughs> yeah. man, get he was pissed. 
would that would that if, would that throw you off? Though, if they, if it was an empty arena and just one person under the basket being a distraction, would that throw you off, or would you be able to lock in? Well, it's 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 a little harder to um to to not be distracted with that because that's the only thing. Yeah. But I, I I wonder. I would love to talk to him to know like was that the only thing the Raptor was doing? Like what made you? care that the Raptor is in the background waving. Like, I want to really know. I want to talk to him because this dude is dropping 60, 70, 80 points and like you're, you're about to shoot a free throw worried about a, a, a mascot. Oh, right. No. Yeah. And I mean, granted, if there were fans in the stands, they would the be doing the same thing. Right. The, the yeah. mascot probably would have been doing the same thing anyway. So like, Crazy. You know what? Devin, Devin needs to take a, a page out of Lethal Shooter's book. Stay locked in. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter who's waving at you. Stay locked in on those free throws, Devin. Moving on to the second thing, and this stood out to me as I was scrolling down. According to Billboard.com, one out of every three albums sold in the United States in 2021 were vinyl LPs. Vinyls are making a comeback. With that said, if you're listening to a vinyl record, you probably aren't skipping many tracks, if any, right? Because they weren't made for that. Ash, do you, do you have any albums that you could list that you can listen to from front to back without skipping? Let's call them no skip albums. You got any no skip mm. albums that you'd be able to throw on a vinyl? I have a bunch. Um, it would probably be the Blueprint. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it would be the Illmatic. Mm-hmm. It would be College Dropout. Mm. Um, it would be probably Beyonce's Lemonade album. Oh my god! Um, and Bob Marley, um, and the Whalers, the the best of collection, like all of their albums together. Oh, and probably. Um, and then there was X, and then there was and then there was X DMX. Fire, probably, yeah. No skips. Yeah, I, for I sure. would probably and more like Biggie and Pac were on yeah. there too. But to save time, those are probably the first ones that come on. I, I would, I would, if I didn't do this as a vinyl, it would, it would just hurt me to my core. I gotta put Fifty Six Nights by Future on a vinyl. You feel me? Just let that oh thing play God. all the way through. You feel me? <laughs> That's that's the album March Madness was on. I just named the Illmatic, the Blueprint, and this <laughs> right. man came with Fifty Six Nights. Fifty Six Nights. Nights. Right. Listen, listen. The year is twenty thirty. You know what I'm saying? My kids hear Future waking up in the morning. They know it's time to clean. You know what I'm saying? They know it's cleanup day. You feel oh me? my They know goodness. it's cleanup day. Shout out to my guy Future, nah. man. Super Future. That's a good dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, I'll say Sade is called Diamond Life. Like there you I, go. I listen, oh. I listen there you go. to Sade and like yeah. a lot. So I don't. Don't really skip her songs. It's very soothing music. Well, let Fifty Six Nights play all the you, way through. You and I, you and I had good ones. This man came uh, yeah. with the toxic energy. <laughs> you said it was the toxic edition of this podcast. You know I the never vibe. said it was a toxic yeah, edition. Yes, I you just did. said that one scenario was like a toxic relationship. Last but not least, former NBA guard and Twitter Hall. I, I can confirm he is a, indeed a Twitter Hall of Famer. Rex Chapman has his own show that will now live on CNN+. Plus. Now, if you're anything like me, I didn't know CNN Plus existed until just now. But shout-outs to Rex. Number one, getting that yeah, CNN Plus bag. Yeah. And, and number two, just, I mean, the, the presence he built on Twitter, number one, is just incredible. You, you see him tweeting all the time. Lethal, I'm sure you see his tweets from mm-hmm. time to time, too. Which which former NBA player do you think, you know what I'm saying, someone who's not on TV right now, that that you would like to see get get, that, get their own show? Well, I find this guy very entertaining, excluding the situation with, I guess, with the insurance stuff. But oh. Glenn Big Baby Davis is actually hilarious. I would yeah. love to see him have a show where it's like he's doing something with 
contestants or something and it's like comedy because like he's actually a funny person uh, when the mic is in his hand and he knows how to can handle himself because i've seen him do a few things um outside of uh outside of the nba so like he's one of those guys that he he's just funny to me and i, I feel yeah. like he can have a show ash what about you is there is there a non is there a former nba player who is not on tv now that you think should have their own show I don't know about former, but I would say if I had to, I can't think of former off the top of my head, but I would actually love to see like an office type show about the Miami Heat mm. with Jimmy Butler at the forefront and his and his big face coffee thing, like the behind yeah. the scenes of that. <laughs> because a lot of people don't know. Jimmy is, first of all, if you guys follow Jimmy on social media, Jimmy trolls the hell out of his teammates, like every single game, like after every, he trolls the hell out of them. But also he was charging $20 a pop for coffee in the bubble. Like, and he's really turning it into a legitimate business. But like his relationship with Bam is hilarious. His relationship with Tyler Hero is funny. That entire team, if they just did like a mini series of like a docu comedy type, like the office and just called it the heat or I don't know, whatever. I would watch that. That would actually be really funny just because Jimmy Butler alone is Udonis Haslam's hilarious. Like there was a situation recently where Udonis clowned Bam because Bam calls him his OG, but he's never gotten him a Christmas present. And then Bam said, and Bam said, what are you talking about? I got you a Roomba that one year. Like, it's just, <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like they'd be a funny group to just like get a bird's eye view of like what transpires like when their locker room and stuff. That'd be really funny to watch. Maybe yeah. like LeBron will make an appearance. D-Wade will hop in. D-Wade, look, there's the retired uh, aspect. D-Wade will hop in and show up again. Yeah, that'd be funny. I think if I had to think of one former NBA player who could host their own show, it's the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I think Steve Nash, he's got, number one, he's got a really good personality. Like, he's he's actually low-key funny as hell. Uh, Is and, he? And yeah, like, you, you gotta just, like, like, his just mannerisms and how he responds to questions that he doesn't really want to answer. It's a jokes. And, and then second, he's just really, really smart and thoughtful. You know, I could see him doing an interview-based talk show as the interviewer and and actually doing well at it. But I also think he's his life is a lot larger than doing a TV show. I don't think he cares about that. Type of stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, you know who, you know who I'll give a show to if it has to be retired? I'll say Magic Johnson. Magic jokes. That's a good Magi- one. I feel like Magic at this stage, yeah. 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 Magic yeah. at this stage in his career is yeah. kind of like Steve Harvey. He's going to say what he wants oh, to say. Man. He, don't he doesn't care. care. That's he a don't give a damn. He's going to unload the That's clip on whoever and whatever he wants. I mean, he just unloaded the clip on the Lakers. I hope Magic hears this. He needs to come on the show. Magic Magic needs a co-host. I got you. Oh but yeah, he just unloaded the you, clip you on the Lakers. You hear Chris? just drop us for Magic. You hear? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jesus. It's no, right. after my contract. It's all right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not in breach. I'm not in breach. It's terrible. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting me to not get buckets. That's Ooh, a good one, Josh. Thank that you. Is, Yo, thank you. Josh, no, that's, that's Josh is like fine one. I'm saving that one. That's a that's a caption. Josh is like fine one. Right. Get better it's a certified time. bucket that's of fire. the week. That was a good one. That was a good one. Verified with our stamp of approval. It's the certified bucket of the week. My certified bucket of the week, I have to give it to Island Houston. So this is what happened, guys. Oh, we're in I Memphis. I saw the video. I saw the we're, video. Yeah, we're we're in we're in Memphis. We're eating dinner. 
And we're just like, man, let's get us some shots. So we're with some other people, and they're like, you know what? Let's let's get the Grizzlies Arena. So we get the the Grizzlies Arena. You got, I know him. He's a good friend of mine because I used to help the Knicks. Um, I've been helping the Knicks for like the last what, like three years, and mm. I'm like, you know, I've I, I've seen it on TV. I was a kid and stuff like that. But I say, you know, let me see what he let me see what he really can do. After we ate freaking shrimp and fries and all this stuff, he goes in there. I train him for like 20 minutes. This is no lie. Like this dude missed like five shots. Oh my so god! So I didn't post it, but I have it on my phone. So I place a bet. I'm like, look, if you make this amount of shots. I have to pay for your dinner tomorrow. But if you miss, you have to pay for my dinner. He makes all of his shots. So the last shot, I try to roll him the ball. He kicks the ball up with his foot. Some old head type shit. Kicks <laughs> it up with his foot instead of bends it down. Shoots it and turns away and knocks down the shot. Nah. I was like, what the what, hell? What was he doing in Memphis? Were the Knicks playing or was he there? Um, he, was, like... he was getting an award from the Civil Rights Museum for wow. like all the stuff he does in the community. So, and wow. him... Um, Muggsy Bowes. Wow. Um, it, it was a it was a blessing to be there to, wow. to to get knowledge from those guys about just life. It, it, it wasn't even always about basketball. It was about life, and, and they let us even go on the balcony with uh, Martin Luther King. You know where he where he was assassinated. It was, it was a touching moment. It, it, it was yeah. tough for wow. me, but I needed that to to continue to push because this isn't about me. It's about you know pu- pushing our people. You know what I mean. I've yeah. actually been to that museum when I was Hell in Memphis yeah. for the first time when I interviewed Penny Hardaway. Um, I was there and it's yeah. just chilling to it's be chilling. everything's untouched. Yeah. From, it's just chilling to know that that was the last place that Martin Luther King would be living and breathing yeah. and um, his legacy. You can feel it in the city of Memphis, but yeah. you can specifically feel it in that spot. And I get chills just thinking about it. It was such a um, honor just to be there on such, yeah. on yeah. such ground and, and just really take a moment to just remember um, who he was and yeah. what he stood for and everything that he, um, you know, accomplished and, and yeah. paved the way for all of us. But to make it less somber, I'm actually a little jealous because everybody knows Alan Houston was my first crush. Oh, wow. wow. Alan Houston was my first ever crush. Oh, my and goodness. Then followed, then followed Alan Iverson and Carmelo Anthony. So you okay. can see I got a, I got a light skin thing going <laughs> on. But- Unreal. <laughs> Um, oh, I've, I've moved. I've you know expanded my preferences now because Idris Elba is also on my list. But um, <laughs> yeah, Alan Houston was one of my first ever celebrity crushes. So that's I'm very jealous you got to be in his space because he still looks good. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying. My money's <laughs> on Lethal. Line them up. I got money hey. on you in the shootout with Alan Houston. I don't care how many he hey, made, man. brother. Th- My money's you, man. on you. You feel me? Thank you. Thank ain't you. Nobody thank else, you. Ain't nobody else lacing <laughs> up to shoot a, to outshoot a robot. Ain't nobody <laughs> else shooting underwater. You, Let me ask you this then. Who do you have your money on against Lethal with Lethal and my certified bucket of the week, and Who that goes talking? to Devin Booker. Ooh, All right, Z Book, forty-eight points versus the Spurs on Monday, thirty points versus the Pistons yeah. Sunday, and thirty-five points versus the Pacers on mm. Friday. Devin Booker is playing incredible basketball. No surprise there. I mean, he is a bucket. Living, breathing, Sheesh. walking, and talking. I think that type seeing this type of play from him is definitely um, a lot of optimism going around the league. Just because I think a lot of people expected the Suns to fall off a little bit. They kind of discounted what they did um, with the Lakers and just the entire West being dismantled last season because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. things like that. So the, the Suns are looking like the real deal Holyfield and Devin Booker heard the criticisms and came back with a vengeance. You just mm-hmm. can't, you know, be in a dinosaur costume. Otherwise, it's a smoke. <laughs> but a other than that, he's doing well. 
That's hilarious, you know. I, I don't know, Lethal. Would I pick you in a shootout against Ooh, Devin Booker? Oh, Devin Booker shooting 40%. I, I don't even think the way he's shooting right now, I wouldn't even pick myself, Chris. So go no, ahead and pick no. D-Book. If you're not going to pick yourself, I'm picking you, Lethal. Thank you, man. I'm Thank dying you. on Thank the Lethal you. Shooter Hill right with the Utah Jazz Hill. You feel me? D-Book is flat out snipering right now. He is, but his name yeah. ain't Lethal Shooter. Yours is. You yeah. feel me? I'm giving my certified bucket. You know, Ash, I, I was going to go with Nikola Jokic. I was going to go with Nikola Jokic, but I'm not doing that. I got to go with my guy, Miles Bridges. Number mm, one. Get that man that money. N- number one, Yeah, number one, I'm giving him him certified bucket of the week because he got some certified bars. You, y- y'all heard his songs? Yeah, he be that going That boy in. be rapping. I'm like, he yo, Dame yeah. don't stand a chance. He would eat Dame up. Number one, right. I already know the vibes. Second, right. career high, 38 points against your Knicks, Ash? <laughs> against the Knicks? How you let him do that? I mean, granted, we let a lot of people get career highs mm. versus the Knicks. I mean, um, Ricky Rubio ring any bells? Ricky Rubio <laughs> definitely came through and turned the garden Yo, you, into... If you need your ego stroked and you need some stat padding and you need a career high for your legacy, come to MSG. We got mm. you. That's what, you know what? The Lakers need a get-right game against the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Go to MSG. Let Russ go for 50. You feel me? That, that'll get him right. That'd get well, he did come point. to the Garden, and we won that game, so I'm just saying. That's unfortunate. Damn, I, I, the Knicks can't even save the Lakers. Mm. <laughs> Hate to see it. Hate to see it. All right, guys. So that is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. Fellas, how are you feeling? I feel feeling great. Good. Yeah. yeah, I feel great. It's, it's good to be back talking to you guys. You yeah. guys make, make, make my weeks great. Oh, look Aww. at that. You know, I'm, hey, I'm, in, I'm in camp quarantine right now. This is day right. like six or so. You was you out in the streets. That's what it was. You, nah, weren't, going, man. you weren't going from the arena right to the right to the hotel. Making some pit stops. Ain't no, ain't no pit stops. <laughs> Only pit stop mm-hmm. I made was at church. You feel me? I went to yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? I got. Mm-hmm. I just be minding my bit, but I'm feeling is that, better. Is that what they call in the strip club? That's what nowadays? they call the road. Hey, you said it was a road trip, right? It was a road mm. trip. Uh, oh, we gotta no, check. I didn't know they hot. had a strip club called Church. That's <laughs> oh no! Oh no! They, they. I, I plead the fifth. You feel me? I'm, oh <laughs> man. Well, listen, you guys make sure you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you just might hear your comments on our next show. But until next week, we are out.